Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Don't you think we've we've elevated to the point where we should be in a better studio? Well, not that there's anything wrong with this studio. <laughs> But don't you think we should be in a better spot than this room? Well, this is the oh, by the way there, room. There's better studios in this yeah. building, that's yeah. for sure. Why don't we just go use Barry's studio? Think you'd have a problem with that? I think you would. Oh, that's well, his studio. Too bad. You just too called bad. him Barry's studio. <laughs> too bad. He's a diva. He's a fantasy diva. He's going to be like, I don't want four There's got to be. There's got to be. Down my I love Sims and I love Florio, but like their complaints fall on deaf ears. To be perfectly honest with you, like Florio's got his whole pro football talk compound. Sims got he's got unbuttoned. He's all over football night in America. I got a little bar set. That's all I got. It's, a it's all bar. I got. It's a it's a dive bar. I got a little dive bar set, and now they want to come for this. And I'm the diva. Please, we already lost I'm, Jay Croucher. I'm just saying. <laughs> But let's continue this. I didn't. I didn't hear a welcome to my studio. No, no. He, he basically told Did you, no, you're not going in the studio. He that, said, that's stay what out. he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been told it's very protective. Uh, the, the people that work with them, he's very protective of that studio. He doesn't. It's his studio. That Let is, me say this. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew, you're welcome to use the PFT compound anytime you would like. Go down to West Virginia, Matthew, and get your ass down there. Hey, you can use it. In fact, you can come here to Studio Six too, and you can use that too, Matthew Barry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He can use Studio Six anytime he wants. Right. The door is open. Right. If you can find it, it's <laughs> way down the hall, around the corner, hidden from view. Uh, so, uh, you know what? We should just, yeah, we should just on Monday, we should just go do the show on his set. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? You're big. Let's go do it. Let's just do it. Let's have some fun. I'm fine. Let's I'm, take this I'm up down. Go ahead. All right. Tell me, let let's, me know. I'll be there. Let's, uh, let's move forward. The chiefs and Chris Jones have resolved their contractual differences and Jones is now back in the fold. Here is Chris Jones from yesterday when asked by reporters whether he, GM Brett Veach, and head coach Andy Reid have put aside the conflict so they can focus on the task at hand. 
I think I think you as reporters and fans kind of misscrew the contract thing. I, it's never personal. I don't think I start hating Coach Reed or I start disliking Veach. I always I love Veach. You know he knows I love him. We had on and off conversation throughout it all. Um, Coach Reed, I love him too. Me and him still calling Tets. We actually got a group Tets. <laughs> Veach said that um, I retweeted. Um, a picture where it was like Chris Jones after season, Chris Jones off season, where I was big with no neck. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually had a little joke about that through the midst of it. So I don't think our relationship was affected any about that. You know, they know how much I love this organization. They know how much I love this team. And uh, I don't think that affected any part of our uh, relationship. Listen, I'm happy to be back, okay? Um, the business aspect, you can't get personal into it. You know, when you get personal, things, things can turn bad. You know what I mean? I never took it personal. I did take some of the stuff y'all said on Twitter about me personal. Like, I just want y'all to know, I keep receipts, okay? Talking to all y'all that's been talking stuff on Twitter, I keep receipts. And, yeah. Chris Jones, uh, listen, um, when, when you and I last met on Tuesday, as I was trying to get home and uh, you were trying to get away from me for a day, as you now do on Wednesdays, the Chris Jones news was out, but we didn't know what he was getting by right. way of a revised contract for one year. On my way to the airport, made a couple of phone calls and got the information. And look, in all fairness and with all due respect... Yeah, he settled. Really didn't all that great. Well, yeah, he settled, no doubt about it. it. Really, it, it, it's it's a little face saver. And he said that they were able to boost my salary up to make up for the fines and everything. He lost three point one million dollars through two million, two point one in non waivable fines, and he lost one point oh eight million in missing the Thursday night opener. So that's three point one million he's got to make up now. He can make. I think two million back through playing time incentives. He's got to play at least fifty percent of the snaps, so that gets him sixty-six percent of the way there. The rest of it, he's got to work for it. He's got to have ten sacks to get the extra one point two five million, and they have some other like really high-end incentives. If he's a first-team All-Pro and the Chiefs go yeah, to the Super Bowl, seriously. he gets a million. Right. Well, that's that's not something I'm going to place you know a whole lot of stock in. Yeah, that's tough because. It takes a lot for yeah, both. There's a and lot then of good if he's defensive tackles. Player of the year, if he's defensive player of the year and they win the Super Bowl, which is really one hell of a parlay, uh, he gets another two million. So the maximum package is over twenty five million, but I would not I would not bet on that maximum package. That's a lot that has to happen for Chris Jones to make that money. So I think he wanted to come back. They found a way for him to save some face. They found a way for him to declare victory and retreat, and I kind of think that's what he did. I, I, I think so. I mean, I think it's something that we talk about a lot. One, it's like a guy that wants to play football. He really wants to be there. He loves doing it. He loves his team. So, you know, he starts to become antsy. And I don't know. It has the feel of, like, you know, I can't imagine the agents were like, hey, go back and do this. This is a great deal, right? This more has a feel of, like, family members going, are you really just going to not collect $10 million and sit out to week eight? Like, you know, it sounds like mama or grandma or somebody was like, oh, oh, honey, Chris Jones, you, you, you're crazy. You're crazy, honey. You're going to just leave all that money there? I mean, that that's where it feels like between that and wanting to play football and not let down his guys and all that. That's where it feel like it, it, it came to a head here. 
You know, and 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 yeah, I mean, the contract, what he got, certainly it's, it's not in the class of the other young guys we saw at the position yet that are still not as good as Chris Jones. So yeah, I think you know all of those factors and some things that probably we don't know played into this. But either way, it's good for football. He's back, and it's it's big for the Chiefs' room to be back this week, especially against Jacksonville, who we know has got some weapons on offense. They're going to need to be at full strength, playing really damn good ball to beat Jacksonville down there in Jacksonville. Here's how I look at it: I always support when a player makes the conscious business decision to hold out, understanding the financial downside of doing so. And when you're a veteran on a second contract, this is one of the little landmines they buried into the latest CBA. Those fines can never be waived. All of Nick Bosa's fines were waived, and he had significant fines because he was fined, in theory, a game check for each of the three preseason games he missed, in addition to forty thousand a day, not fifty thousand a day. In fines for him, it was forty, but again, it was all waived. For Jones, it can't be waived. I, I just feel like if you're going to commit to the holdout, you got to commit to it. The Chiefs lost without you, Week One. Let it play another week. Let's see what happens with the Jaguars. If they lose to the Jaguars, that increases the urgency to get this guy back. Let it fly. Let it roll. Let it play out. the The problem is that when you do this and you incur these fines and you lose a game check that's never coming back the easy critique of the whole thing is why didn't you just hold in and at one point he said he didn't want to be a distraction how's it a distraction if a guy holds in guys hold in all the time yeah well if he's standing on the sideline and watching practice while the team's practicing that's not a distraction they understand they're happy you're there Mm -hmm. if you're there if you're in the building if they know that that you know it's just a matter of time before we work this out i think it it creates a better sense that, yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah. I don't think it's a distraction to hold I don't in. either. I'm with you there. I think what may have happened is there was just pressure to get this done because once you start thinking about $3.1 million, where's that money going to come back from? How can I make that money back? That money's never coming back. And, and that, if I had held in, that's right. that money wouldn't be gone. I, I, I think that's very real. I think that's the pressure that mounts up with this little new nugget that was thrown into the CBA that, of course, takes a huge – you know, avenue of, of negotiating away from football players. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And I would agree with you, too, that, you know, hey, if you were really hell-bent, one more week might have done the job. It really, it really might have. 0-2, oh, you know, listen, this week, this is a different challenge. This is another big offensive line, okay, just like Detroit was. And I know they did a good job beating, you know, in the Detroit run game and doing that, but – this is different, too, in that Trevor Lawrence is better than Jared Goff. He's scarier, okay? The receivers for Jacksonville are scarier than Detroit. So, like, Kansas City would not be cool with, let's go with the Detroit game plan into Jacksonville, where we're going to crowd the line of scrimmage and put our corners in some really tough positions and all that. I, if they come into the game with that same game plan, Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for over 350 yards. They, they can't do that. And that, to me, is where Chris Jones will come in handy here is he'll allow them a little flexibility to be a little more conservative maybe on the back end 
to where it's not Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. Holy crap, we can't match up with everybody. We need help of our safeties here. Okay, Chris Jones is here. That's where he'll help out. That's where this matchup is different than Detroit on Thursday night where, yeah, it's Amon Ross St. Brown, but you and I both know he lives in the 10 to 25 area. He doesn't live in the 70 Palm Post area. That's a difference, you know, threat with Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence, who's got, you know, one of the best arms in football. Chris Jones practiced yesterday. He was limited as he works his way back into game shape. Travis Kelsey, who missed week one with that knee injury, bone bruise, he was limited as well. Things seem to be trending toward Kelsey playing. That was one of the, the points made last Thursday when they decided not to play him on Thursday night that they were optimistic he would play week two at Jacksonville. The one lingering concern I have comes from the in-game report from Melissa Stark that they put Kelsey in the pool on Thursday, and he had no power in that knee when running in a pool. I don't know how that power comes back in a week and a half, but he was able to practice on a limited basis, and we'll see what he can do. You see he's got the compression sleeve on that right knee, and uh, uh, they need him if they're going to beat the Jaguars. One thing... One thing they need if they're going to beat the Jaguars, Chris, is good pass protection. And they were able to get away with enhanced pass protection last Thursday night because Juwan Taylor, former Jaguar, was doing three things he shouldn't have been doing. One, he was lined up in the backfield. Two, he had the jimmy legs before every snap, at least in pass protection. And three, he was leaving early on a regular basis. Something the Jaguars benefited from last year when he was playing for them. Here's Doug Peterson coach of the Jaguars when asked yesterday whether he would talk to the officials before the game about Juwan Taylor's habit of leaving before the ball is off the ground. I'm sure they've been notified, you know, uh, after that, that first game on Thursday night. But um, again, good player. We know who he is. You know, he did the same thing here. He has great anticipation, you know, with the snap count, Um, you know, um, optimistic our crowd will be law you know loud and and you know if they use a silent count he does a great job of of getting you know getting off the ball there too as well and um i mean if they don't call it they don't call it you know um there's only so much you can say around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Look, Chris, here's my take on it, because Peter King and I talked about this at length last Friday in the aftermath of that game. Yeah. Peter believes that the league office officiating department would have sent out a memo to all officials telling them to be on the lookout for these kind of maneuvers. I don't think they will. Because I think they like it. This was the point you made last year. This equalizes you, the current disparity between the quality of defensive linemen and the quality of offensive linemen. hundred percent. You got to keep the quarterbacks in one piece. Yep. You got to keep the quarterbacks from getting blown up. So we're going to look the other way on Lane Johnson. 100. Watch tonight, folks. What Lane Johnson does. He does, does, it, all does it all the time too. Exactly right. They're not going. I don't think they're going to send out a memo nah, on this. I'm, they want this because they want to keep Aiden Hutchinson off of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I agree, Mike. It, it is. And listen, this this isn't just a like a theory in mine either you know this is like people i talk to in the nfl there is not enough good old linemen to go around with all the good d linemen right we talk about it all the time the eagles have two starting defensive linemen you know two starting defensive line units the the vikings barely got a starting one right i mean that there that just explains it there's so many right now and I will say too, Mike, not that I watched back every game, right? It's it's Thursday, but you know me and I'm Ron Jaworski and I watch the film and that's what I do. I thought I saw more non-holding calls by offensive line in week one than I've ever seen in my life, not called, ne- ever. I, every game I watched, I went, damn, they didn't call that holding? Wait, I, let me rewind that. Is there a flag? No, damn, they didn't call it. And, and I think it's all because of that. It's all because of the offense, the numbers, the protection of the quarterback, all of that, and they're going to let some of these things slide. I mean, come on, that's egregious. What we saw last Thursday night, forget the freaking memo. Like, kiss my ass with the memo, okay? 345 (laughs) 345 should have been on the microphone with the refs like they are when every big call in the game is going, hey, the right tackle for Kansas City is cheating. He's cheating. This is not football. That's an illegal formation. He's actually farther back than the slot receiver who's supposed to be off the ball. I mean, there's snaps in the game where the slot receiver is in front of Jawan Taylor, right? And that's where it doesn't make sense. Look at the slot receiver up top. Uh, 83. Is that, uh, I can't, is that Noah Gray? Right. I mean, he's, he was in front of Jawan Taylor. That, that's wrong. I mean, that, that's where the NFL drives me crazy a little bit. It's, you know, some rules are followed to such an extent, and other ones they just go, eh, doesn't really count as much. We're not going to worry about that. And that's, that's wrong. I don't like it. Hey, Chris, if the question is how will the NFL react to what we saw from Juwan Taylor on Thursday night, yeah. the answer is what happened on Monday night. They don't want You're right. another Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Even even and and look, look, what happened to Aaron Rodgers? It wasn't on contact. He got immediately engulfed. If they had just let the left tackle go early, maybe he would have made that block and Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have gotten hit and Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have had his Achilles torn. And this all goes back to last year when the nothing the passer thing reached full boil and they sent Troy Vincent, the executive director of football operations, to the set of the ESPN pregame show. And when he was pressed on the proliferation of roughing the passer calls, he said football games are the highest rated shows on TV. We need the starting quarterbacks healthy in order to make that happen. And if the quarterbacks start getting hurt, people aren't going to watch. So there should be a firewall between football and business. And there isn't. There isn't. Just like there isn't a firewall at the NFL between business and their media function, as Jim Trotter has alleged in his lawsuit. And is a, we've always known that. 
I mean, no reporter working for the NFL is going to report something that makes the NFL look bad, or they're not going to be working for the NFL for very long. Same thing with you know the rules of the game, the way the rules are enforced, the way the rules are interpreted. That should be separate and apart from yeah. the people who count the money. Exactly saying, right. And it's man, not. you know what? Right. We make more money if the quarterbacks are healthy. So let's let's apply these rules in a wink, wink, nod, nod way that's aimed at keeping the quarterbacks healthy. Let's not throw flags for offensive holding the way that we should. Let's look the other way when Jawan Taylor is lined up like a fullback, right? Let's not let's not blow the whistle when the tackles leave a half second early. And anybody that's watched football, I noticed it within the past couple of years where you're watching a game and there's a rhythm to it pre-snap. And when you watch football and football, you, you know, you just know it. You have 50 years I've been watching it. Those linemen are still, and when the balls snap, they all move in unison. When one of them is leaving a half second early, it's you. You, you know it's, it. it's called a false I'll, start. I'll everyone, it's called a false start. I'll it's, tell it's, everyone, it's in the rule book. It oh, says it's false just start. Great timing. It's great right. timing. Yeah. He timed the snap perfectly. No, he didn't. You can't. You can't be timing it perfectly and everybody else behind on a regular basis. That doesn't happen. Watch tonight, Lane Johnson, sixty-five of the Eagles, right tackle. Watch him. I guarantee you, it's going to happen again. I'm putting the over/under on it tonight at four and a half, and I'll take the over of Lane Johnson leaving just that split second where it disrupts that everything's fine, and then, oh, wait, that one guy moved just a little bit before the rest of them did. It's going to happen it's, at, it's, least, yeah. it's at a, least five times. It's a, total over, it's a total overcorrection. I, I, you know, listen, I know we want the quarterbacks. I do, too. You know, The rules that Aaron Rodgers, they went with an empty personnel, and they decide to run slant, 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 and the Buffalo Bills were like, wait, we've seen this play 100 times, 100 times, 100 times, 100 times, 100 times since the start of OTA, so they were all over it. And the linemen are thinking, wait, he's going to throw the ball in like 1.5 seconds, so I'm going to cut the guy or do whatever, and that's why he got sacked. But like where the, where the rest of it is, I, I just don't understand the overcorrection by the NFL. That, that's what I don't. Who, who, have there been that many quarterback injuries over the last 20 years that the league has been ruined by it? I mean, no, there's not. That's the answer. It's no, it's not. I mean, it, it's actually very limited. And and then we went, we went double down and we went, wait, they're not getting hurt. We've protected them. But now let's put styrofoam, bubble wrap, and if you touch them with a pinky nail, that's a penalty. And that that's to me where the game has gone overboard. It's gone overboard, and that's the disconnect you're talking about, where we got people making some of these decisions and rules that shouldn't be in that department of decision and rules. They should be doing something else that they're qualified for. And that's really what pisses me off, as you could tell, by the NFL. But it's exactly what they want because they've allowed the business interests to infiltrate the application and interpretation of the rules. And my criticism of Lane Johnson isn't... No, I would do it, too, if I could get away with it. Hey, right. Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill, you should do Do it, it too. I think there's a skill to it in doing it just right, right, not too early, that it's blatant. And the thing that was so comical last week is it was happening so often and it was so blatant and it was to the point where it even came up in the broadcast. When it comes up in the broadcast, that tells you how bad That's right. it is. Right. Uh, and we'll see if it gets any better, but I don't think it will because the goal is keep the quarterbacks healthy and keep the money flowing. We're going to keep the show going when we return. Joe Burrow lost a game on Sunday and he has made a change in an effort to turn the page. We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. 
for all the kids out there that want to get a Joe Burrow haircut. It's a bunch of uh, help their parents out. What is what is a Joe Burrow haircut? <laughs> You're looking at it. I don't even know what to tell people. They just make it happen. <laughs> How do you know it's time to get a haircut? Um, when you have a game like that on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I love Joe Burrow. And you know what else he's done, Chris? He's ditched the headband. Not just the haircut. The headband is gone. That look is gone. He's changing things up. I like Because it. it got off to a bad start. Now, yeah. what a weird weekend for him. One day, he becomes the highest paid player in league history, $55 million a year, and some of the other measurables of that deal just blow away the other quarterback contracts we have an item on it at pft and then the next day he has 82 passing yards he probably has never had 82 passing yards in a game maybe back in high back school in we had 82 passing yeah. yards or right. fewer than that what yeah. were some of the measurables so, that really uh, surprised you about his contract if you don't mind me just asking that while you, you hit on I, there. I i don't yeah. have the numbers in front of me but like the just full general, yeah. oh yeah. compared to let me just tell you this yeah compared to mahomes right it It is an embarrassment. And look, Chiefs fans, I know you don't like to hear this, but I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. The Mahomes camp is stirring and something's going to happen where they're going to say, look at, look at, look at, look at this borough contract. We have to make changes to, to the deal that's only three years old and is already ridiculously obsolete. But the full guarantee at signing, the injury guarantee, the cash flow, it is an embarrassing gap between Mahomes and Burrow. And uh, I I think Mahomes, despite what he says publicly, because he knows how to handle himself privately, I think he's running out of patience for the fact that he's the best player in the game and he knows it. And he's now way behind, 10 million behind. He was 10 million ahead of the market when he signed this deal. He's now 10 million behind the market and this Burrow deal blows his away in every way possible. Don't be surprised if he gets a new contract. That's going to be really weird. Let me just point out, it's going to be really weird when he gets an extra, you know, $15 million a year or something like that or some huge thing, and Chris Jones is going to go, damn, I, I got incentive. I have to be the MVP of football to get $2 million. I mean, or defensive player of the year. I mean, that, 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 that's going to be weird in that locker room and that organization. And he, he, here's, the, here's the question, too. Given the hard bargain they drove with Chris Jones, even if you are Patrick Mahomes, the most important player on the team, I mean, they know he's not going to walk out. They know he's not going to do anything about it. They know that they have him. And that at the end of the day, he's never going to hold out. He's never going to make a stink. It's all stuff he's going to handle privately. But... How long will he be a nice guy? It's kind of like the Justin Jefferson thing. How long will he be nice in Minnesota about getting stiff-armed for a new contract? Yeah. How long will Mahomes be nice about getting stiff-armed? Because he's already committed into the next decade. But just you ask the question, and there's the answer. I yeah. don't have all the numbers no, in front of me. No, that's all. I just want a general Mahomes assessment. deal yep. pales in comparison to the point where it needs to be fixed. Sorry, Chiefs fans. I know you don't like to hear that because you just want your quarterback to show up and shut his mouth and play football. But this guy needs to be – I think we can all agree he needs to be making more than he is in comparison to these other quarterbacks who aren't Patrick Mahomes. All right, Ravens at Bengals. Lamar Jackson, one of the guys making more than Mahomes, 1-0. Bengals 0-1. How about a little what's more likely? We'll do this for a few of the games. What's more likely here? Joe Burrow has 250 or more passing yards, or Lamar Jackson has – 200 or more passing yards. 
Burrow had that 82-yard career-low performance on Sunday. Lamar had 169. Not quite the 6,000-yard pace that he tried to establish back in April. Which guy do you think meets that threshold? 250 for Burrow, 200 for Lamar. I, I mean, I could see this being tough for both of these. Like, we're, we're, like if you, you know, honestly, I could go, well, I, I don't know if either one of those will happen. All right. But I think if you're going to make me bet here, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson gets 200 plus yards there. I'm, I'm going to play that angle. Uh, Cincinnati's run defense, pretty good. Right. I think they're going to have to rely on, there's some injuries on that offensive line. I think they're going to have to rely on Lamar in the passing game a little bit more than they did last week. And then, of course, there's a knowing of this, you know, scheme and what they do in Cincinnati. I'm, I'm still a little worried about Cincinnati, Mike, and just that, you know, how is it just going to totally flip around? Again, they looked like a team that hadn't done anything in the preseason. They did. And then they were outplayed and out-hustled and out-physical, too, as far as the Bengals' offense versus that Browns' defense. So it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with the Lamar 200-plus pass yards. I'm going to go the other way with Burrow. I think there's going to be an urgency. There's going to be an intensity. There's yeah. going to be a will. Right. And a lot of extra work this week uh, to try to get them to have a Joe Burrow-type game. And 250 is a low bar for a normal Joe Burrow it game. Is. I mean, 300, 350 is what we're used to. I just think that it sets up. And and the Ravens did seem kind of sluggish to me last week. I don't know what it says about the Texans, that they lost by 16 to a Ravens team that just didn't seem to be firing on all cylinders. But those injuries make a difference. I think we're going to see Lamar run more this year, or this week, excuse me, than he did last week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Week one, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, had a huge performance here he is from yesterday when asked about those who would still say that Tua can't throw the ball deep. That anyone is still saying you can't throw deep? I don't care. I, I mean, I don't care. 466 is, that's what 466 is if I can't throw deep. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Huh, yes. Thanks. Yes. Look, look. That's Sorry, the greatest Tua. answer he's ever given in his life. That may, that makes me think the, the the mother effer turned the corner here and got some kahunas, got some guts. He that's the answer he should have said, right? I love that. That's the first time I've ever seen him be like that. Hey, I don't care. Eat crap. It was four sixty six. Say what you want. <laughs> you know, kiss my ass. It was four sixty six. That's what I love that. That's one of the first times ever I've seen that type of edge. This is Maybe we're getting into something with Tua. That's, to me, what he needs right there. I, I, that, that was one of my favorite answers I've ever seen him give. We've seen flashes of it a few times not that long ago. He went back at Ryan Clark, there, who right. said some stuff about right. Tua, and Ryan Clark apologized, although it was the only apology, I think, in the history of apologies. It also included a threat Another for Ryan Clark because he said his first reaction was he wanted to fight Tua. Like, <laughs> you want to shut me up, come shut me up, or words to that effect. Uh -huh. But, yeah, I like it when Tua gets a little salty. Now, Chris, I will say this. Yeah. Okay, two things. First, he was five for eight against the Chargers when throwing the ball 20 or more yards downfield. But I was watching that game last night. You watched night. it too. Put it there in context of, because I always get called the hater here There were a couple of quackers that he threw. No doubt. That, that were game. wide open. And he still got the propensity. Right. He still got the propensity to throw up a duck from time to time. Yes. And just because you throw for 466 yards doesn't mean you threw for 466 yards. There's a lot of rack in that 466. He, yeah, that, that's right. He played great. And we're not taking that away from him. But, this, like, hey, 
they're so good on offense and so creative and so talented, and it's year two in the system for him. I'm almost going to be disappointed if he has a week where he doesn't throw for 300 yards. They're that good. I mean, again, it doesn't even matter about the deep ball. Like you said, they throw a screen sometimes, and it goes, whoa, there he goes for 70 yards. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. They're so fun to watch. Yes, you know, his deep ball has definitely improved. I don't want to take that away from him. Is he perfect yet in that department? No, like you said. He had, you know, three that were like, whoa, he was wide open for like 60 or 70 yards. And, you know, two of them probably should have been intercepted that he missed there. But, man, his improvement in that category is it's remarkable. And, yes, I'm, I'm, again, I know I get looked at as the hater there, but I like Tua and I'm rooting for that offense because they're fun to watch and I like Mike McDaniel a whole lot. Hey, you know, they put a pin in this whole contract discussion with Tua. If he keeps playing like he did, it may be time to open up the checkbook this season and not wait until yeah. after the season. The Could key, be. though, is staying the, healthy. The injury, now, for right. these purposes, Sunday night football at the New England Patriots. Woo! Tua, by the way, is 4-0 and against the Patriots. What's more likely, over or under two and a half completions, 20 or more yards down the field. Again, he had five last week, but these are the Patriots. So over or under two and a half? I, I, I mean, so, we're, and we're saying like in the air there, like, like I said, I'm going with the over. 20, okay. I'm yeah. going with the over. Okay. I wasn't yards. sure. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. It's, yeah. I'm still going to go over. Uh, they're, they're, it's, they're too hard to defend. They're going to get their shots and they're going to take their cracks at it. That's what they are. So I'm going over. I mean, you can actually put me down for the over for the whole season on 2.5 over 20-plus yards. Uh, they're crazy not to take 10 chances down the field every game because people are so – you're worried about their reverses, the speed sweeps, the, you know, the screens, the short passes, all that. They have a great formula in which they make you creep up, creep up, spread out horizontally, spread out horizontally. we got all these things that make us go this way, and then all of a sudden, boom, they hit you vertically. They're scary. They are damn good. They, I mean, they're fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I'm Tua over here. Now, look, a lot of it depends upon what Bill Belichick does with Tyreek Hill. And if I recall correctly, back in that 2018 yeah. AFC Championship, weren't right. they making it look like they were playing like cover two, but one of the safeties was always going over to Tyreek's side? Isn't that what they it did? It was like cover like, one. They can't. S- they looked like they were playing cover and one, sa- and Devin McCourty would actually leave his free safety post and go double Tyreek Hill to where there was no there safety in the middle of the field. Right. So it was very interesting. Okay, wow. Right. Yeah. So, look, they're going to have something other than the Brandon Staley let's single cover Tyree Kill because that is never going to work. The question becomes whatever Bill Belichick does to neutralize Tyree Kill, and we know that's what he always does. That's the game plan. You take away what the other team does best. What do they do best? They get the ball to Tyree Kill. How do you cover Jalen Waddle? Exactly. That's the problem. What are you going to do about the running game? Exactly. So this is a pick-your-poison offense. they got too many weapons. they got too many great players, and I think that's – Hey, Brandon Staley picked his poison. Let's take our chances with Tyree Kill and try to outscore them. This week, I don't think that's what Bill Belichick's going to do, but it is going to open up other guys uh, to have potentially big statistical games against the Patriots. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there, yes. And, like, Brandon Staley tried to do a lot of the things he did last year in the Sunday night football game that slowed down the Miami Dolphins. But, like, guess what? I mean, you know, Mike McDaniel... He studied this offseason and went, I'm not going to let them do that to me again. So he had some things that screwed them over when they tried that game plan, 
right? They weren't, you know, the one-on-ones there. They were trying to act like there's a safety there. Don't throw over here. He's not one-on-one. But then they snap the ball, and they try to cheat him to help something else. But hopefully Tua doesn't see that, and he looks away from Tyreek Hill. But they just had all the answers. That's where they're scary, like you said. You put all your eggs into, let me stop this. They got other things to go, well, well, they watch out for this guy. He can fly. They got fast receivers across the board. The running backs are fast, like you said. McDaniel was patient in the run game when he needed to be last week. Uh, they're going to be a tough offense to defend all year long. Um, we talked earlier about Baker Mayfield picking up on the Vikings' defensive coaching signals from Minnesota's perspective. Here's Baker talking about what he did, and then we're going to have a what's more likely that relates to the Buccaneers' next game. Have a listen to Baker. You're always trying to find tendencies of defense, um, just those in-game adjustments that you're trying to, um, you know, trying to find those tendencies. And, you know, sometimes it's a little different than others, but um, that was why, like I said, at post-game, it was it was a chess match there in the first half. We kind of had some some stall-out drives. They did a very, very good job. I mean, I can't credit Brian Flores enough for, for how they were schemed up against us. So, um, yeah, it took us a little bit to adjust, but, um, yeah, you try and find every advantage possible to win. How much did that help, do you think? Quite a bit. I mean, you keep doing that. You know, we're going to have some folks from the government, you know, with one of those dark vans, the guys listen, in the suits, and trying to get a job. I know I'm in Tampa, but I'm a Texas Rangers fan, not a Houston Astros fan, so we're not going to condone that. <laughs> yes, I love it. That, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, suck it, Houston Astros, you cheating SOBs. <laughs> but, but look, there's a legitimate way to do it. Yes. There's an illegitimate way to do it, and right. there's a perfectly legitimate way to do it. And everything that you can see out in the open is fair game. That's why Sean McVay holds the, the card over his microphone. Right. You know, it's not so he can be more easily heard upstairs. He doesn't want anybody reading his lips. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff that they do, they hold up towels, they do all sorts of things to keep their signals secret and keep them safe. You're allowed to do certain things and certain things you aren't allowed to do. All the way back to Spygate from 16 years ago. Yeah. It was perfectly permissible to just sit down and take notes. You just couldn't videotape what those defensive coaching signals were. Right. So, right. Baker figured it out. The Bears' defense is now on notice. The Bears got bigger issues than, than Baker Mayfield cracking their code. But what's more likely for this game? Bears at Bucks. Justin Fields has over 250 passing yards, or Baker Mayfield has over 250? Yeah. Um, I'm going Baker Mayfield here. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the Bears. You know, I, I am. I mean, that wasn't a good look last week. They were, they were outplayed in a big way. I mean, Fields, like, yeah, he had some plays where he's under duress. He had other plays where there was plenty of time, right? Just not a great natural feel of how things are going to develop down the field. And it still feels like, and I, I said this on my podcast yesterday, and I got a whole page of notes on it. It still feels like they're managing Justin Fields. Like they're, well, let's run this play because we don't think he'll screw it up. It's very simple. And that, so that's where it's, it's discouraging. And like I said, as a quarterback, you get used to, you know, hey, we got this play called, ooh, they're playing that coverage. Man, we saw that a lot in training camp. We, ah, this guy's usually open against this coverage. Right. Okay. Wait, I got to the top of top of my drop. You know, let me pat the ball one extra time because that guy's been open like 95% of the time on this. Let me see. it. I'm going to throw it to him. Boom. And there's just not a feel for that at times, let alone like we talk, the throwing itself, it needs more. And then the, as soon as there's any pressure or anything that flashes, it's just look down and run. Uh, I, I worry about the bears from that aspect. I do. 
um, and um, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield on this one. So what's more likely? Yeah, Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. I'm going to go with Justin Fields just because Fields was closer last week at 216 to yeah. Mayfield's 173, and the Buccaneers' defense allowed 344 to Kirk to Cousins. I don't like it to Kirk to Cousins. <laughs> at least he worked on Tuesday this week. I've been waiting to get that one in. Oh, this boom, is, boom. Oh, you got Sunday, him. So he had Bam. to work on Tuesday. Oh, you roasted sorry, him, Mario. You Tuesday. roasted Kirk Cousins. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry you had to work on Tuesday when the rest of us weren't working, uh, Kirk. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and take a break. So you got Baker. I got Fields. And off we go with uh, the second Sunday of the season. But before that, the NFLPA has taken the turf versus grass fight yeah. to the next level. Yeah, Let's NFL go, PA. NFLPA. Let's Keep go. on him, NFLPA. Yeehaw. We'll talk about that next year on PFT Live. Yes, get him. So what was your reaction to see Rodgers go down? Man, that was sad, man, because I had high hopes, man. I was hoping for them guys over there, man. Definitely A-Rod. Been in New Jersey, man. New name, man. It's like, damn. And then MetLife, everybody know about that stadium. They need to get real grass. That's that's trash. You know, one, you know, that's sad, you know, for anybody to go down. Man, obviously, see, I mean, I, it's just that a lot of guys been, you know, having season injuries over there. So uh, that's tough, man. You know, not playing a stadium or nothing like that. It's just the fact that it's like, hey, it's y'all players over there play on it too. So y'all get, you know, fix that up a little bit. Eagles cornerback Darius Slay talking about the turf at MetLife Stadium. It's new turf. That doesn't make it better turf. Field turf is still field turf, and players prefer grass to field turf. The Aaron Rodgers injury, and look, it's debatable whether or not the turf played a role in the torn Achilles, and people start rattling off statistics, and that's what happens here. The NFL has at its handy disposal any and all statistical interpretations that support its view that there's no evidence grass is safer than turf and others will point to other things but the anecdotal evidence is overwhelming players prefer turf that's what new nflpa executive director lloyd howell said in a statement monday the fir- or tuesday or wednesday one of these days it was one of the days this week it was wednesday lloyd howell the first statement that he's issued is an impactful one moving all stadium fields to high quality natural grass surfaces is the easiest decision the NFL can make. The players overwhelmingly prefer it. And the data is clear that grass is simply safer than artificial turf. It is an issue that has been near the top of the players list during my team visits. And one I have raised with the NFL. While we know there is an investment to making this change, there is a bigger cost to everyone in our business. If we keep losing our best players to unnecessary injuries, it makes no sense that stadiums can flip over to superior grass surfaces when the World Cup comes or soccer clubs come to visit for exhibition games in the summer, but inferior artificial surfaces are acceptable for our own players. This is worth the investment, and it simply needs to change now. And that last part is the NFL's weakest position on this, Chris. The World Cup. We're going to bend over backwards and twist ourselves in knots and spend whatever has to be spent because that is the price of doing business with FIFA because you have to have grass because their players refuse to play on turf. Whatever data the NFL tries to throw at us, whatever word salad their PR executives try to concoct, that is inescapable. They'll do it when they have to. They won't do it when they don't have to. So the challenge is for the rest of us, Make them have to do it. Yeah, it's it's that's right. We got to keep the pressure on everybody. It's 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 you know this is where I I would hope that the quarterbacks come together and really start to do it. That that's what's going to get a change. And Mahomes, Burrow, all of them, they got to start to Josh Allen, you know Jalen Hurts, they got to start to speak up on behalf of the whole league. 
They, they want to protect the quarterbacks all the time. All right, quarterbacks, protect the rest of football here with this a little bit. Band together, but we got to keep the pressure on. It's ridiculous. It's a joke. It's the easiest thing to fix on player safety. And then not only do the players just say it, the numbers overwhelmingly prove it the, the, over, the la, over the last 10 years. There's one year that we know that, 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 okay, the numbers were somewhat favored artificial turf. Other than that, the numbers are overwhelmingly the other way. You don't see Odell Beckham Jr. injuries happen both times, happen like that on grass very often. It's rare. And I can come up with that a whole bunch. So that, that's where it's wrong. And then, yes, it's disappointing. I mean, come on. It's Jerry Jones. It's America, 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 America. We love America. And then he's going to change the field for a bunch of foreigners. But screw the Americans who play on it. That's just falling on deaf ears to me. I'm sorry. And then for Roger Goodell yesterday <laughs> to sit there and talk about, oh, some players like the field turf. Bullcrap. Challenge flag. God, call 345 Park Avenue and review that. I don't know who. I'm still trying to find one player that prefers field turf over grass. One. Tell me one. That is such BS. Political BS with that comment. They should be ashamed for themselves with this, this, cat, this whole conversation. They should be. And just for clarity and the benefit of our friends who are watching this on tape delay in the U.K., in Ireland, we've got people throughout the world that listen to the podcast. Chris was not making any type of pejorative commentary about foreigners. Not at all. The point is that Jerry Jones wraps himself in the flag right. on all things America except taking care of his American workforce. That's all I'm saying. When he is more than willing right. to spend whatever is necessary when the doors are open to the world to come to his stadium because that's what – the world governing body for soccer right. demands. Right. And it's all about money. It's all about money, plain and simple. It's about having multiple events at one stadium. Hey, Chris, look, and let's be, let's be realistic. Yeah. Okay. Someone made this point to me yesterday. Cause now that we're stirring it up, I'm starting to hear from people about it. Yeah. Think if they had grass at MetLife stadium, think of what a disaster it would have been Monday night after the Sunday night rain. Right. And the game that was played on it between the Cowboys and the Giants, what would that field have looked like the next night? And I hearken back to 2007, November, Mike Tirico on the call for Monday Night Football. Dolphins at Steelers, the punt that didn't bounce. Now, if you're going to have grass, it's got to be high quality. And that's what Lloyd Howell put in his statement. It's not just any grass. It can't be FedEx Field back in the days when they had to paint the dirt green and people would have their shoes turn green when they walked right, on it. Right. So it's got to be great grass and you got to make it work. But teams that are sharing a stadium, it becomes a challenge. These stadiums that are indoors, how do you make grass grow indoors? You can't have tray system. Remember when Houston did that and people were tearing their ACLs on the seams and the trays? It's got to be done right. And Chris, to your point about Roger Goodell's comment yesterday on ESPN's first take, he says... Other players like playing on turf field because it's fast, faster, so you've got mixed opinions. This is not like Thursday night football where some players were like, yeah, we like the mini-buy, we like the easy week of practice, and some were like, ah, it's a poop fest. As you said, I have yet to find one player who prefers turf to grass. Where are they? Make yourself known. Stand up and be counted. I am Spartacus. Where are you? Right. Player who prefers turf to exactly. grass. Because everyone who chimes in says, 
grass, grass, grass. And reporters now, when they get in open locker rooms, they need to, they need to go to the players and say, grass or turf, grass or turf, Coke or Pepsi, grass or turf. That's what they need yeah, to do. Yeah. And it's going to be grass, 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 all along. All, all, it'll be 99.9% grass if of they do Of course it will. They, they got to figure it out. And I don't want to hear the sob stories. If it's MetLife Stadium, have two damn grass fields. You guys are making billions. Kiss my butt with all this crap. I'm sick of it. Start taking care of your players. All right? It's ridiculous. And I played on one of those fields in Tampa, Mike, where there was a college football game the night before in South Florida and Tampa. We come on the field, and there was spray-painted brown a little bit. You know what? I still rather would have played on that field than the artificial turf. You gave me my choice of whether I wanted to go play on the artificial turf in the Dome in Atlanta or our somewhat muddy, sprayed green field in, in, in Tampa. The whole team would have gone, we'll stay here on the, the muddy green field. So that's to the extent that nobody wants to play on the artificial turf. Get it done, NFL. Stop talking out of both sides of your mouth. Hey, Woody, just sell that chain and you'll be able to afford a grass field or two. I have no idea what that chain caused, but I have a feeling it would go a long way. Paying for <laughs> I think he'll be okay with uh, both. An appropriate right. field for all players, for the Jets and the Giants. All right, let's take a break. When we return, feats of strength on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. All right, you've been patient. How about something special, though, right? Buckle up, because this is Braylon Allen at his absolute best. It's second and ten. Maybe not your ideal running situation, but notice right here, it's a light box as the defense is showing two deep safeties. This is a massive no-no when defending Allen, who, as we watch here, he becomes a train rolling down the tracks. The first would-be tackler, watch him right here. He dives at his ankles, but Braylon Allen easily avoids him. This is pick your poison if you're a defender. If you go high, well, he's 245 pounds. There's a good chance you're going to bounce right off. If you go low, he still has the feet while keeping top speed to make you miss. That's a lot to deal with, a lot of conflict for any defender. Hey, that's my guy right there. Connor Rogers showing you Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen in his weekly Big Ten film breakdown. You can find that under youtube.com slash NBC Sports Channel. Also, this Saturday in the Big Ten, Washington versus Michigan State at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Mike, I'll be there announcing the football game on Peacock, followed by Syracuse at Purdue at 7 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock as well. Big Ten, Saturday night, baby. NBC, Peacock, and, you know, there's some other, other nicknames involved in there, too, that I think we just need to lean in on as a company and just go with it. Well, and as it relates to names that could be taken out of context or or appear uh you know in an unfortunate way on a graphic just be very careful when you articulate the last name of the quarterback for the washington huskies uh, no careful. doubt no doubt about that X. yep that is that's a, all right that's a good so one. go ahead so uh draft today week two matchups any games thursday sunday monday nope. matchups you're watching no games trivia the games there's no trivia. All right, fine. Okay. Well, he crossed out the trivia. I guess we've been talking too much. Who led Who led the NFL in rushing yards last week? I mean, I wanted to do it because I felt like it was easy and I would get it right. And it's Christian McCaffrey, right. right? Who? Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> All right. He's getting the first pick anyway. Go ahead. All right. I, I think the thing I'm most – we've kind of hit on this a little bit, but the thing I'm most excited to see – and I'm not trying to be a homer here, but is our Sunday night football game. Belichick versus Mike McDaniel. Uh, the, the Belichicks 
and Gerard Mayo trying to figure out how to stop this Mike McDaniel offense. The chess match, the moves, what are you going to do? How do you stop all this weaponry, the creative play design? I mean, Mike, last week, the thing, the Dolphins offense, it went to another level in this department. The pre-snap movement, the shifts and motions, and how fast they happen. Okay, so it's like, hey, there's a tight end and a fullback over here with the receiver, and they shift to another formation, and then it's blue 45, blue, and all of a sudden somebody moves fast in motion, and they say set hunt, and they fake the ball to the running back, and two linemen pull this way, and there's another guy going this way, and then Tua comes out the other way. I mean, it's more moving parts and things to be scared of than I can ever remember, and it's, it's fun to watch, and Belichick and company are going to have their hands full trying to figure it all out. I'm excited to see what they do. Well, and again, two of four and zero all time against the Miami or against the New England Patriots. Excuse me, and the Miami Dolphins looking pretty damn good this year. I'm going to go with a guy that we mentioned earlier as it relates to why Jawan Taylor was leaving so early to keep Aiden Hutchinson off of his quarterback. When the Seahawks come to town after a rough Week One home loss to the Rams, they've got a banged up offensive yes, line. Charles do. Cross, Abe Lucas might not be able to play. They've brought Jason Peters out of kind of involuntary retirement, and he may be playing, who knows, sooner than later. Somebody's got to block Aiden Hutchinson in that loud Ford Field Dome where there's a run on blue ski masks. Before the game on Thursday night, C.J. Gardner-Johnson came running out with his blue, like Honolulu blue ski mask because his idea is we're the villains and we're going to embrace that. And I saw it. It's like, that's wild. Well, he's trying to get everybody in the stands to have that on. It's going to be crazy in Detroit and it's going to be loud. And somebody had better be able to block Aiden Hutchinson on that Seahawks offensive line. Chris. No doubt. It's a, it's all of a sudden a big game for the Seahawks and I'll get dominated at home by the Rams. And all of a sudden you're going to go to Detroit. Who's had a long week and your two tackles are hurting Man, that that is it's scary. It's it's a quiet big second week matchup there for them for sure. I think the next one I'm going to go to is the Jets O line versus the Cowboys D line. I mean, of course, this is one of the matchups we'd all we're going to be so excited to see this. I mean, it was an Aaron Rodgers versus Mike McCarthy, new teams, all of that. It was going to be awesome. Instead, we don't get to see that. But for the the sake of the Jets and Zach Wilson, and if they want to have any fighting chance, we know their defense can slow down the Cowboys' offense. But can they pass protect up front, and then can they continue to run the ball? One thing without Dallas, we saw teams run the ball on them last year. They got some big old linemen here. They, they should be able to, to what extent, I don't know. That's going to be the matchup I'm watching. I hate to go to the same game when there's so many other great games out there this weekend, but I thought you were going to go Dak against the Jets defense because look at what the Jets defense did to Josh Allen on Monday night. Dak didn't have to really do anything on Sunday night because the game was so easy for the Cowboys. What happens? Because we know there's so much talk about interceptions and the Jets got three of them on Josh Allen. What will the Jets defense do to slow down the Cowboys offense, specifically Dak Prescott? That is a fascinating wrinkle to me. We got one more pick each. We'll do it next here on this Thursday edition of BFD Live. All right, the matchup draft, a Thursday staple as we head into a football weekend. Chris, round three, you're up. I'm going to go to Monday Night Football in this one. I mean, a big game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know that. Cleveland coming in after a great week one performance. But specifically here, Jack Conklin, right? Right tackle for Cleveland Browns. He gets hurt. He's out for the year. Dewan Jones, 
Ohio State rookie, gigantic, I mean gigantic, 6'8", 360, him versus T.J. Watt. Right, my dad the other he, my dad the other night he kind of put me on. He goes, "Hey, you, Christopher, you gotta go watch Dewan Jones. You gotta see what he did, or whatever." So you know, of course, comes Tuesday, I'm watching film. I turn it on. Holy crap! Like holy crap, he did a very good job, and he is a giant human. And I'm interested to see what kind of things T.J. Watt can do to him. And and Deshaun Watson on a Monday night in Pittsburgh, yeah, road game, right. Steelers fans not going to be very forgiving, not going to be very welcoming in that defense. We know what they you do. You should go. Tuck the ball. You'll be flying in right. that day in Pittsburgh. You should just go right to the game. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Um, all right. Last one for me. I was going to go Shanahan McVay, yeah. but we'll have another chance to do that. We won't have another chance, or yes, we will, to do Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud because they'll play twice this year as well. But <laughs> two very young quarterbacks meeting in only their second NFL games. Let's see what they can do head-to-head. One of these teams is going to have to win unless they tie like they did last year. See you tomorrow. See ya. Is there such a thing as a traveler, not a Delta? Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.